Welcome to the Chase Merrill Podcast. I am your host, Chase Merrill, and we are all about helping people get freed up from what's holding them back so they can build up who they were made to be. If you want to help us continue to make an impact with this podcast week in and week out, consider joining our new Patreon community. For as little as a cup of coffee a month, you can be a part of helping us get the message and mission of the podcast out to more people more effectively. This is a way that we can come together as a community and you'll get access to behind the scenes stuff, additional resources and content and so much more for just as little as $5 a month. You can head over to chasemerrill.com and click Patreon to jump in and get started. Now let's jump into today's conversation. Well, here we go. Welcome to the Chase Merrill podcast. I have my friend, Jesse Echo with me today. Jesse, what up, dude? What's going on? I'm excited to be here. <laughs> Yeah, buddy. So uh, part of the 52 Project, um, you are one of the 52 men, somebody in my life who's made an impact in a, a big way. We started uh, back in 2000 and I feel like 2008, 2007, eight, maybe nine. When we met, uh, we went on a missions trip together to Fiji. And uh, that's where we started. I'll talk about that in a second. But um, over the years, I, part of why we even remain connected because even we've, we've lived in completely different places um, has been primarily because of the journey that uh, you have had on the, the di in the digital space as a, a video creator, as uh, an entrepreneur, and so much more. And, um, you know, so this is definitely one of those moments where I feel like I probably have been more connected to you than you probably have for me. Uh, but uh, it's, it's nonetheless, the impact has been has been been massive. And uh, we, we got to have a little bit of a conversation before recording about more of that. But pumped you're here, dude. Thanks for taking the time today. I know you've got a busy life, family, all of it uh, uh, on your plate, but I really appreciate you making the time to jump on today. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm excited to, to jump into it. Yeah. So let me, let me do this. For those that have no clue who Jesse Eckel is, uh, will you give him a snapshot? Like just where you at, who you connected to, what are you doing for those that like have no clue that are going to be listening to this? Yeah. Um, so I am primarily in the investment space. Uh, so I'm like a content creator in the investment space. It, yeah. It's kind of a confusing mix of things, but um, basically I went on unemployment after losing my business. I spent five years building this business It's where I made all my income. I um, have five kids, I'm married. And then uh, when COVID hit, my business was in the wedding business and yeah. um, I went literally Which from... Oh, I was like, which is also part of how we got connected because when Holly and I, my wife got married, we, uh, at that point, I think we, well, no, we weren't married when we came to your wedding. Cause you guys have been married. How, when, when, how long have you been married? Uh, we had, uh, I don't know. I don't know. We when, just, when we just, we just, we just, <laughs> well, I mean like we just, I'm thinking you were married before us. I, I don't know if it was that year or not, but we, we've been married 11 years in October. So I think you guys have been married like either we're coming up year, on 14 and uh well we're 14? 13 going 14 in june so it's a oh little my bit off. gosh how do you how are you like she's that that's craziness so that's so we came to your wedding as a, a holly and i were dating we hadn't even been engaged yet but we were we were on that way and um and you invited me to sing at your wedding and yeah. that was at, so why that's significant for me as well beyond just the honor that it was was and it was probably felt but it was the first time i had publicly sang a song that i had written oh i didn't know that <laughs> yeah bro like i had yet to actually publicly perform a song uh, i've been leading worship i've written songs but i had never done that and so that was my first time and uh and was an honor for me but that that was a whole other thing 
getting to sing at your guys' wedding uh, during that moment was such a, a thing. So, and then you in like a return, if you will, as like a, Hey, thanks for singing at my wedding. I would love to make a wedding video uh, for yeah. your guys' wedding. And you killed it. It was phenomenal. And I like, I just posted a clip of it this a couple weeks ago. And as I watch it every year, it, you were so far ahead of the time. Like, man, that was 2012. And it looks like a video that could have been made today because man, of the quality and, and the way. That was the first time I'd ever filmed a wedding. And so that video ended up allowing me to book my client out in Texas when we moved out to Texas. So they saw that one. And they're like, man, that's so good. And no so way. I, I, yeah. So what happened is I created this like free. So I like wanted to start a business and I was, I was um, working at the time. And um, so I, I went on this free wedding website and I set it up in California and I was like trying to get clients and, and never got anybody. And then we, I got a job out in Texas. So we're moving and I switched it over to Texas just for like two weeks. And I was like, well, but I'm, I have a job. Like, why am I even doing this? This is stupid. Yeah. And so I went to cancel it. And like the day I went to cancel it, um, well, the day I was going to go cancel it, I randomly got this call and it was like this girl. And I was like, hello. And she's like, hello. And I was like, who is this? And she's like, is this uh, Alan Tree Films? And I was like, oh, um, yeah. Because <laughs> I'd never gotten a call before. And then she's like, oh, I was calling to book you for my wedding. And, uh, you know, are you still available on this date? And I remember sitting there and I like, I paused for like an awkward, unnatural amount of time because I was in my head thinking like, I, I decided I wasn't going to do this. Am I going to say yes or am I going to say no? And I was just sitting there and I was like, I was in my my wife's um, parents' house. And I, was, I, I remember it like vividly. I was in their kitchen staring at like this furnace just like am i gonna do this am i not gonna do this because my like a lot of my life path hinged on that choice i ended up saying yes and then that one choice of saying yes ended up starting and kicking off my entire business which wow. ended up becoming my uh, part-time gig out there that eventually became a full-time business eventually moved it back to california and i built it up from like nothing to i at the height of it i was making one hundred twenty thousand dollars a year working 12 weeks a year so I only Come worked on. 12 weeks a year. <laughs> it was go. my, it was a dream, man. It was yeah. so good. Yeah. And, um, and that's, know. so that's what, that's what had to get shut down with COVID or up to that COVID spot. Right. Was that, was that part of what, what, what led to that moment was, uh, yeah, yeah. man. I, so I spent five years building this. I was doing like million dollar weddings out in the Bay area. Um, it was amazing. I did, you know, Thomas Kinkadis, you ever heard of that guy? The yeah, I have. I did his daughter's wedding at like his ranch no, and stuff. It, no it was, way. Yeah. No way. <laughs> it was cool, man. I um, yeah. I had a lot of fun with it. And then COVID hit, people stopped getting married. And I, yeah. you know, it was after winter uh, in the wedding industry, you kind of have like reverse summer. So like you get the winter off because people don't get married as often in the winter. And um, I had my savings, you know, to keep me kind of through the winter, but I was expecting to get some bookings back in April. Yeah. And, um, I, I had had already booked out about a hundred thousand dollars worth of weddings and they all canceled over a two week period. They all canceled or moved it out to 2020, oh. you know, 2021, 2022. And, um, and so I went from a hundred thousand dollars in income to zero, um, yeah. overnight. And it was, man, I, I didn't know what to do. I had bills to pay. I, um, I, I had five kids and. I, I got pretty down. I got pretty depressed. I, I, I basically just started playing video games. So like I like coped with my depression by playing Minecraft and I yeah. ate like all these waffles. I ate like ego <laughs> chocolate chip waffles, just doused yeah. in sugar. And, um, my wife, and I did this for a, a while. And my wife just one day like came up to me. He's like, what are you doing? Like you were better than this. And cause I, I, I didn't know how to cope with it. I was like, it, it was pretty shattering for me. 
And yeah. so um, I, I ended up being like, you know what, you're right. Um, I, it was kind of like the smack in the face I needed. And I, so I got to work. I started, um, I, I didn't really know what to do though. That was, that was the hard part about it is like, I, it, it was really hard to build a business. And it yeah. would have been like, I'd been into video stuff my whole life. So I was like, how do you pivot from that to like starting a business overnight? Because I essentially had to be like, okay, I have a, this much runway. If I don't have income by then, like I'm screwed. Right. And so I, I got on unemployment um, and that was like really humbling for me because it's like, I'd never been on that in my life. Yeah. I, like I felt like a baller doing a, over a hundred thousand dollars. Like I, I was making more money than anyone in my family had ever made to go yeah. from that to zero was, it was a humbling experience. So what I started doing um, is I, I didn't really know where I was going to go or what I was going to do, but I knew the kind of man I needed to be to do it. And so what I started doing is reading a book every single week. And so I was like, you know what? I can level up who I am. And that way, you know, when the opportunity comes, I'm ready for it. Right. So um, yeah. And so I started reading a book every week. The first book I read was, I think, How to Win Friends and Influence People. It's a great book. Yeah. Um, and then I read a book called The 10X Rule by Grant Cardone. A lot of people don't like that guy, but that book inspired me. I, I mean, I listened to the audio version. It was like his voice talking. That guy just gets you pumped. And I was like, yeah, dude, yeah. I'm a 10X everything. And so <laughs> <laughs> he got me pumped that I could do the impossible. And I, I was yeah. believing. I was like, I can do anything. I, I yeah. can't. I really can't. And so I, I kept reading books every week. Didn't really know what to do. Um, but I started posting what I was learning on TikTok. I started getting people that were like kind of wa watching it. Um, so I had this friend um, named Caleb. He had uh, he, he'd gotten like 5,000 followers. I was like, man, that's insane. You're famous. And I was like, I'm going to, he's like, you should start posting. So like, okay, I will. And so I started posting and I got, you know, like a, a thousand followers. And I was like, this is insane. Uh, keep in mind, I tried many times before to do like social media stuff, always failed. And so I was like, I have a thousand people following me. This is crazy. Kind of get me motivated. And I came up with this idea because, uh, you know, although I was learning a lot, I wasn't making any money still. And I, I, I do good when I'm cornered, like the, I'm the best when I have like a good adversary or a good yeah. like goal to go after. Like yeah. when I'm playing, a, uh, I play spike ball a lot and I suck at spike ball if I'm playing against someone else who sucks. But if I'm playing against <laughs> someone that's good, that's when I like, Dude. I come out of it. My best moves come out. I'm like, man, I, I do things that surprise me because that's how I perform. <laughs> And so that's such um, a good way to, that's such a great picture though. It's such a good metaphor. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks man. And yeah. then, so, so what I, so what I, uh, decided was, I was like, okay, I am going to, um, I, I came up with this idea that was like part, like, this is going to be a good content idea. Cause I was, you know, like as a content creator, always trying to think of good videos and part like this is going to motivate me to get off my butt and do something. Yeah. So I called the one, 1 million project. And I was going to try to make a million dollars in a year from unemployment. And I was like, man, this is gonna, if I could do this, think about how cool of a story that'd be, that'd be insane. And so it was kind of like the Grant Cardone, like just 10 exit, go for something insane. And I was like, you know what? Uh, Cause his whole thing is people aren't motivated by like boring goals. People are right. motivated by insane goals. And I was like, well, this is an insane goal and I'm pretty motivated. Yeah. So um, I, I kind of like tentative, I like timidly put it out on social media. Like, what if I tried this? Cause I was kind of nervous, like about failing in front of a lot of people because my followers kept going as like 5,000 to 10,000. And then um, people seemed pretty excited about it. And I was like, finally one week, I'm like, okay, I'm going for it. And I was like, hey, this is gonna be my first week. I'm going for it. And this is August. And um, my bank was on its last leg and I needed to make something happen. And I ended up, uh, <laughs> I ended up, so what I did is I, I did cold calling. Yeah. Um, I went to the like 
uh, chamber of commerce for uh, my city, small city. And I literally just went down where the are you, lit. Where are you at now? Uh, I'm are on you, the East are, Coast in Tennessee. You're on East Coast. Okay, Tennessee. But I was I, I can... in Grass Valley, California back then. That's right. Okay. So I was like, I, I remember up, up, uh, somewhere on this journey, you moved somewhere and I couldn't remember if you were ba- still in California or if you were yeah, somewhere else. Okay. So you're in Tennessee. Now. Yep. Keep, keep uh, but by so this cold time cold. I was in, I was in Grass Valley, a small city and I was, yeah. I went on the Cambridge Commerce site and I literally, and I'd read this book on cold calling and uh, how it's like super effective, for, you know, if you do it right. So I, I literally called every single person on the Chamber of Commerce there, Auburn, Roseville, Sacramento, like I literally would do 50 to 100 calls a day. And I did this for six days straight. And I got zero people to interested in doing anything. I was just <laughs> I was trying to hit a thousand dollar goal, zero people. I was yeah. failing hard. I ended up getting desperate because I felt like kind of spiraling like, Oh, my gosh, I'm, I'm gonna fail at this. There's no way I'm gonna get out of this. Like, I don't know what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna go work at like a minimum wage job or I don't. And so I I was like, I'm going to do literally whatever it takes. And it's like something kind of cracked at that moment. Cause like, I thought I was, I thought I was pushing hundred percent, but I realized, no, I wasn't. There's I was, more. I was playing like, I was playing some sort of social media look good rules. I was not playing like my family's future hinges on these rules. So like, yeah. screw this. Like I'm not, I'm, this isn't for social media. This is, I need to do. So, um, I ended up calling my buddy Lucas and I was like, Hey, you said you wanted gifts, like, uh, you know, like gifts, like you send in, yeah. in like text messages. He wanted gifts yeah. of himself to send to his clients. He's a weird guy, but he's also an ultra <laughs> successful guy. So yeah. it works. Yeah. Anyway, so I was like, I'll do, I'll like take photos of you. I'll turn them into gifts and, you know, I'll charge you a hundred bucks or whatever. And then he's like, deal. And I was like, boom, I just made a hundred bucks. Okay. Yeah. Got that down. And he, he, I was like, can you Venmo me it right now? My goal is tomorrow. Can you Venmo me right now? So he sent me that. Um, I ended up posting like a, an affiliate offer. I was trying, like, I was literally just looking at what people said, affiliate offer. They said, if I got anyone to sign up, I could get a hundred bucks. I posted it on every social media thing I could get. I got one guy to sign up, made a hundred bucks off that. And then um, I had 800 to go and I got a call from a dude. So like when you have a business, people call you trying to sell you stuff all the time. They're like, yeah, take out a loan with us. Uh, it'll be good. You know, whatever. It's so this guy calls me up and he's like, Hey, um, it's with a company called clear bank. And he's like, you're a, uh, you have a company, we help companies grow ball. And he gave me this whole pitch. He was trying to sell me something. It's, it was like, you know, spam call. And I yeah. was like, you know what? I'm going to this, I'm going to flip this. I'm going to get money out of this guy. I don't know how, but I'm going to. So I, <laughs> I read this book called the Aladdin factor, which is like all about like, basically people don't ask for what they want enough. And when you do like magical things can happen. Yeah. And so I was like, here, okay. And I told my story, told him what I was trying to do is like, I'm going to ask you something crazy. Can you give me $800? <laughs> no way <laughs> and he's like and he's like for what and i was like I, can you just give me 800 for nothing you guys help companies right can you get yeah. can you help me i <laughs> i need some help and this dude ends up like he's like a weird okay so he got hired by the ceo of the company it's a pretty big company because the guy saw like talent in him and so he had like a direct line to the ceo and he's like okay i'll uh i'll like you know ring him up and i'll ask him i guess and yeah. i was like Dude, that'd be awesome. And he ends up calling this guy while I'm on the video call. I like have a recording of him calling him. And then the guy's like, uh, yeah, I guess you, I guess so. And then I guess 800 bucks wasn't a lot to him. And anyway, so this guy ends up, I'm like, can you PayPal me it today? And the guy's like, okay. And they pay, and he, so he personally PayPal'd me 800 bucks that day. And I hit my $1,000 goal. And that's when I knew that I had what it took to, yes, to hit sir. my goals. Yes, um, sir. <laughs> 
And so from there, dude, I, and people always make fun of me. They're like, you're so stupid. Like that's cheating. You can't like ask for money. Like you're a fraud. And I'm like, you know what? I needed some, I need to get where I need to go. That is yeah. not, that is like when you're desperate, you, you don't understand like what it feels like. And so I, um, after the coming weeks, I started selling things around my house. I sold my PS4. I sold a bunch of stuff out of my garage. And I was, I literally did everything it took to hit my goals. I was doing side hustles. Um, I, I tried literally everything that anyone recommended on TikTok. Every side hustle everyone's talked about, I tried. Besides real estate, I never tried that one. But I yeah. did like, um, I did a pro. No, that's not true. I did do real estate. Um, I did land flipping. So uh, uh, it's where you like buy, like I, I sent out like thousands of letters to people who had property based on their tax records. And I would like, you know, I would uh, offer them like a fourth of its actual value and yeah. just like hope that somebody said yes. And yeah. like, I get a ton of people actually said yes. And I ended up buying a piece of property and I sold it for like triple what I bought it for. I was like, wow, this works. <laughs> <laughs> it was crazy. Um, I did like Facebook ads. I did Pinterest ads. I did Google ads. Um, I did uh, like social media stuff. So like I had a guy that uh, he called me up and he was like, hey, can you do some TikTok ads? Because I was doing all the other ones. I was like, I actually don't know how to do those ones. They're kind of newer. I couldn't really yeah. find a lot of tutorials on it. And I was like, but I can make TikTok content. And um, I read this book called Never Split the Difference, which was about um, like, it's called extreme anchoring where you want to like, just like yell out like a crazy price and that's just right. the whole point of it is to like make your price seems more reasonable that was like the right. whole idea and i was like i'm gonna try this so I was like okay listen here's what i could do i could consult you on how to make good content because i knew how to make good content at this point on on tiktok i could consult you how to make good content um you know for like 2500 bucks or whatever a month or i could do like a whole package where i do it all for you for like ten thousand dollars a month and i definitely did not like i was not going for that ten thousand dollars a month package i was going for the twenty five hundred dollar a month package right um the guy like sits there and he's like thinking he's like okay i'll do the ten thousand a month package and i was like <laughs> what? no way and it like i like you know i was like there's Gosh. no way this is gonna and I, I like i remember for like weeks i was like there's no way this guy's gonna actually wire me ten thousand dollars and he did um and we ended up helping him a lot so i did that for quite a few months I ended up taking, he'd spent like a year trying to grow his socials. He'd gotten to like 500 followers after a year. He spent a lot of money on it. Um, we did in three months, we got him to 50,000. And so, wow. yeah, we, we did re really help him. I like gave it my all. I was like, man, this guy's going out on a limb for me. I'm going to make sure this works for him. And yeah. so um, I, I did that. Um, I, I did a product. So uh, there was like the whole Amazon FBA. I like worked uh th this was really hard i like went to like order talk to these people from china and i was like i want to make this product and i want it to be like a planner and um i like designed the whole thing in canva myself i like every line i had to like move to and anyway so like uh, that was a process took months i had to put a lot of, like i spent like five grand to just like order them without even knowing if anyone would buy them it was pretty scary um yeah. You're talking but about a physical. Film. You're talking about a physical product too, like a yeah, physical planner, I mean, right? Because because I, uh, I I know I know from following you what it is, but for those that maybe watch it, they don't. You got one? Dope. Yeah, yeah. So that that's uh, it. I I use them still, but anyway, I made more money than I spent, but it wasn't like a I didn't like crush it or yeah, anything on it. Sure. Just more more than I spent. Um. Anyway, so I, I tried everything. The first year, I failed to hit my goal, uh, but I ended up making it to one hundred forty-seven thousand dollars, which was insane. It was more than I'd made before. It took a lot Jeez. of work. I, keep in mind, I was working like 17 hour days. I was like right. giving it my all and so, I was exhausted. So, so pause you know, on that, pause for a moment, because part of what people listening, I know, and, and my I'm personal too, like 
how how did in that endeavor right you've got the motivation of like my family um you know taking care of them and hitting these goals that's all like driving you in a new way like you 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 dug into a deeper space than ever before how in that pursuit did you keep your family together how 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 did you like between a marriage and, and kids five of them uh, at, at at that how did you how did you do those 17 18 hour days and still be like okay you know we're this isn't all for naught because my family's all falling apart so what i would do is essentially in the mornings um at that time every morning i would get up and one of my kids we'd go on like an hour adventure before i did work so i just get up really early we'd go on like a hike uh, yeah. to the empire. My, we actually, at the time we were doing this whole, they were like obsessed with it. So I made up this whole game around, like they were really into Pokemon. So yeah. we had like this Pokemon, like RPG thing we were doing. I had like my phone where I'd like store the ones they caught and we'd like go like walk around the forest and I'd be like, Oh, the Pokedex is detecting uh this kind of Pokemon. Do you want to catch it? And they're like, yeah. And then they like, anyway, <laughs> anyway, they were yeah. like obsessed at the time. And yeah. so we had like whole storylines with them. You 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 leaned in with them, you know, like <laughs> like for for the first part of your day, like you're like hanging out in a way that was like yeah. on their level. Yeah, I spend an hour, or we go like ride bikes at the fairgrounds or something. And so I do a one on one time with each one of them um, in the mornings, and then after I get off work, we'd always hang out and do stuff. Like um, I would just get up really early. I'd start my day really early. And then um, usually I would just like skip like maybe watching a show at night or like sure, you know sure. like. I didn't play any video games or anything like that. Like I would just essentially it was work and family and that's in sleep. Right. Um, so, so that, that, sorry, one more question on that. Cause I think this is important for people that are like, they're like, they're thinking about how, whatever this is for them in their life. Right. To some degree, there's this, how to, uh, there's this, it, there's a tension between like, can, can you accomplish those goals uh, without compromising some of the things that keep you or the things you care about the most healthy. Right. And I think part of where the tension that I've experienced in my own life is like that there are, there are seasons and I actually still don't know fully where I would stay or land on this, but like there it's impossible uh, at some level, you either have to be okay with the fact that you're not going to maybe get where you want to get for a longer period of time. And you can remain in some of those rhythms or, you know, whatever, where you're not working 17, eight hour days, but the reality is you're just not, or you the other side of it is you, you lean in for a season and know that there's going to be a season of sacrifice and you know your wife or your spouse or your kids are on kind of that same page of recognizing okay we're gonna lean in for a bit did you find yourself like uh navigating that tension or were you did you feel like for the most part um like did, I, I guess what, how did you see it did you see it like through the lens of like this is going to be a season of of some sacrifice and we're we're in it together or was it like something you just developed over time you recognize like okay um you know I, I need to give them more of this here or i need to peel back more of this here so when i read that book by grant cardone the 10x rule yeah one of his whole things that i actually hated when he said it but the more i thought about it the more i actually agreed with it was he says you have an obligation to be successful which sounds like a pretty like just jerk Thing. And he, he comes across as sort of like an a-hole some of the time. Sure. Um, sure. But it, it kind of sounds like that, right? You're like, obligation to be successful. What is this? This is like insane. But his whole point was like, hey, so many good people don't like push themselves to like their what their potential is. And instead, you have these really like wicked people that do. And so they end yeah. up controlling the, the the game. They control the the politics. They control the uh, the companies or whatever. And so these people end up leading. 
instead of you. You're the person yeah. that's actually qualified. And because you're like, you don't want to push yourself to be successful. And he's like, that's not right. If you have the ability to lead well, if you're a good person that, that is, is um, you know, has discernment and the, and the ability to help people, why yeah. are you not pushing yourself to your limits to do that? And so um, part, part of me was, is part of that, but part of it was when I was thinking about my kids and I was thinking about the example I said, your kids so often just turn out however you are. And I was so fearful that like they would see me as this failure who like the guy that almost was successful, that almost built something that was valuable and then ended up having to go on unemployment and then failed at this whole social media thing and ended up having to get a normal job. I did not want my kids to see that story. I wanted my kids to see a guy that had failed, but turned that failure into his greatest success. And yeah. so for me there, you know, like there was a thing it was an important season that like, yeah, I know I'm not going to get as much quality time with my family. I'm, I set aside things so that I get some time, but I knew I wasn't going to get as much because I felt like, you know what, if my kids, you know, maybe I spend a bunch of time with them, but I'm this, you know, I, I, this is the example I set for them. And then they grow up and they live these, you know, kind of tough lives. Yeah. Uh, to me, it wasn't worth, you know, like I want to set a good example. Your, your kids yeah. really do just turn out like you, you are, uh, if you're yeah. an angry person, your kids are gonna be angry. If you're a miserable yeah. person, your kids are gonna be miserable. If you're a lazy person, your kids are gonna be lazy. Like so much of your parenting is actually just, they become you. And you see that right. in who you become. Like I'm like, I have so many parts of my family and I see so many of my uh, friends and they, they're just like, they end up becoming their parents. And yeah. so the best way you can parent is be the person you want your kids to be. Yeah, and so, so but yeah, it, it was a season and it's still a struggle for me. Like I missed my family. I missed doing things. I missed vacations and like just having fun with them. And I didn't yeah. get as much of that during that year journey. Um, yeah. I tried to include them in things. They were in a lot of the videos. You could see like yeah. I, I, as much as I could, but man, I was in survival mode and I was pushing myself. And um, yeah, I, the, the scariest thing for me was that I kept telling myself, this is just for a season, but I was right. afraid that somehow that would evolve into, have you ever seen the movie click? Yeah, with that Adam Dude, Sandler. Like that movie, Adam Sandler, it's comedy. It's supposed to be, <laughs> yeah. that like movie makes me cry every time I see it for some reason. Yeah. It has weirdly inspirational movie. Yeah, yeah uh, with no, Adam for Sandler. sure. Yeah. Um, but I was worried like in the movie, he basically like can fast forward through parts of his life. And he's like, so he can eventually be, you know, get this promotion or whatever. And he ends up being like, I want to fast forward to when I actually get the promotion. And by that time, he's like super old man. His kids don't know him. And he like basically spent his whole life in, in a season of pushing and never actually lived his life. And it was really right. depressing, really depressing movie. Um, I was worried I was going to be that guy that I was, you know, that it was one year and then it was two years, then it'd be three and then four. So, so I was afraid of that. Um, and, and I don't really know. I mean, I ended up hitting my goal in one year and I ended up pulling back and going back to a normal schedule. And I, I did find that balance, but it was definitely a risk. And that's definitely something I was, you know, like I said, afraid yeah. of. Happening. Yeah. Well, a part of the journey that I got to watch and those that have followed you got to see too, but you mentioned it, like you, you, it, it felt like even in that, that deep sacrifice for that season initially up front too, you, you were intentional about including your kids and your, like, even in the, like the, even in those TikTok videos with the, the one to 1 million, you know, kind of project and goal. They were, they were, I mean, there's, they're, they're having fun in some of those things. And, and you could just see you yeah. were, you weren't trying to hide that you were like you brought it in and included them and that made it even more like i think 
even more as as a follower, somebody who's watching the journey, being like, this dude's a real dude, and he cares about the things that matter more than just his success with this, which which I think is a, a testament to who you are. I also think it's a testament to uh, the continued success that you're 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 having, and and that really completed. So that first year, like you mentioned, you got one hundred forty something thousand you know dollars you didn't hit your million but yeah you got you you hit more than you've ever got before and i think everybody that had been you know begun following you up to that journey was like oh shoot this is for real like this isn't this isn't like gonna you know if they were a part of it from the beginning which i was because i knew you already before that and had been following you from those spaces it, it that was the moment where it was like okay shoot this is actually something that like this dude's gonna this dude's gonna see this like this dude's actually gonna see you know, so what, so what, after that first year, you know, you kind of begin to pivot and you're like, all right, didn't hit my goal, but man, look at what we did now. It's, you know, what, whatever it was to, to, to 1 million or something like that. You, you, you shifted it a little bit, but it was a similar kind of pursuit. So what ended up happening is around when I hit like $80,000, I started to recognize there was no way I was going to hit a million dollars doing side hustles. There just wasn't going to happen. And so I read a book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I, met, I read yeah. another book called um, The Richest Man in Babylon. Uh, they're, yeah. both kinda, they're both about financial like mindset and financial literacy. And those books changed my life. I actually read them on the drive from California to Tennessee and uh, while, I was, while I listened to them on the drive. It was late yeah. at night. The kids were all sleeping in the, the van as we're driving. And I was like, I was having an epiphany of like, oh my gosh, I've been doing life all wrong. It was like, things I've heard, but when they said it, it like clicked in a different way where I was like, this is, I need to put my money. That's the whole concept is like, you need to put your money to work for you. You don't go out and work, but you put your money out to work. And then the money your money makes, that's what you spend. And I was like, nobody ever taught me that. That's crazy. And so I was like, I need to start investing. I need to start doing stuff like that. And, um, so I, I, uh, ended up jumping like face first into, into the crypto space. Uh, that was a space that I had some understanding in, in 2017, I'd done it. I'd made so much money. And I lost it all. I lost every bit of it. And then some, I, it hurt. I was depressed. I was down. Uh, that was, that was a wild ride. I, and that had been something that, um, so I had this whole thing where like, I hadn't told my wife any, like that I had been investing in it. And I was going to be like, I'm going to be a millionaire doing this. And I'm not, I'm not going to tell her till we're millionaires. I was going to surprise her. That was like right. my, I mean, I was stupid back then. Anyway, so I, <laughs> I, See, I ended think up, a, I think a lot of, I think a lot of people had a similar mentality though. So you know, I, I didn't know what I was doing, man. Yeah. I was just reading, I read like my father-in-law's newsletters and I was like, thought I was some expert on it. Anyway, I ended up losing all my money, but I kept paying it. Like, I remember like I went and got a milkshake with my father-in-law cause he lost a lot of money too. And, um, I remember thinking to myself, I lost more money than I make in like, multiple years, but I'm going to make that worth something. Like, I'm not just going to take that loss to my yeah. face and just be like, that's it. This isn't the end. This failure is going to be turned into something that's more powerful. Like I'm going to look yeah. back and I'm going to be like, thank you for this. And so I ended up just, I kept reading about it. Like I kept researching and I, I kept looking for opportunity. And um, I, this, at this point is when I, this was so way back in time at the 2017. I was trying to do all these side social media things that didn't end up panning out. Um, anyway, so uh, crypto time came and I was like, you know, I'm going to put money into investing. I've been learning. I've been waiting for my time. I'm going to do this. And so I started investing. I went full, like I, I basically quit all my side hustles, did that full time. I was do like, just give me my whole, my whole thesis was like, you know, most people give it like, you know, 
5% of their attention. I'm going to give it right. 150% of my attention. I'm going to right. dominate every single other person trying to invest because I'm going to put in more work than like a hundred times more work than anyone else does. Right. And, um, you, at this made, time, it, you made it your full-time job and more like it was yes. like, that was, I guess. Yes. And so part of what you're asking, like how to have time with my family, part of that was like productivity. Like I, I planned out my every day by the hour. Like I was like, boom, here's what I'm doing. I, like I figured the average person's probably hyper inefficient with their time. So if I was 10 times more efficient, then I could get done in a year. What would take the average person 10 years and how right. it's not that hard to be 10 times more efficient. The, the average person's pretty lazy and lax with their time. And yeah. so, um, I mean, I was giving it my all, like, just optimizing to the, the, the most degree. And, um, I made I had some big wins early on and I, I went up to like a hundred and like 40,000. I ended up going all in on this, like one trade. And, um, I took out leverage, the whole market dumped and I, I lost a lot of money. And like, I went from like 140,000 back to like 90,000. I was like, oh. <laughs> uh, yep. and then I was like, okay, I can't be stupid with this. And so I, I started becoming a little, well, I th at the time I thought I was becoming way more smart. Um, incremental improvement. That's been my whole yeah. journey. And like now I look back at even those days and I was like, I was stupid. But anyway, it took, I, I worked really hard. I, I made investments. I was working my butt off. I ended up getting, I ended up surpassing uh, uh, at one year, six months and three weeks, I made it to $1.6 million. And so it was insane. <laughs> <laughs> dude Jeez, it was insane dude. i was like how is this even real how is this even happening and um it was it was amazing and it it yeah. was like i remember just like tears come down my face i was like i did it like it felt yeah. like such a vindication of like i try i'd push so hard i had given it my all and i skip over like this crypto section a lot because i don't go into a lot of detail but what most people don't realize is like from sun up to sun down i was i was reading through white papers i was like you know, uh, combing through Twitter, combing through comments, looking through charts. Like I was doing, cause I didn't know fully what I was doing. I was just trying to learn. I was trying right. to grow. I was trying to become better. And, um, I put in a lot, a lot of work. And, um, one of the things I learned along that way, along, along doing that, uh, was I'd started really diving into investing and like, what am I missing? I gotta have some blind spots here. And one yeah. of the biggest lessons that I learned, um, that so many different investment books emphasize was that during a bull run, it's easy to make money. The yeah. trick is hanging on to that money. And I was like, okay, so this is going to be the hard part. I don't quite know how. And so I started making moves. I, I started uh, figuring out how to hang on to that money. Um, I, I transferred a lot of it into stables. Um, it ended up being like, and I, I made mistakes along this whole way. I, I, there were so many mistakes I made. Um, yeah. But one thing I, I kept doing is I would always take profits. So every time it tripled, I'd take my initial off the table. Um, right. that was a cautious move, like kind of paranoid. That so many, so many people don't do that. Yeah. Right. Like so many people don't take, don't take profits when they need to. And that's, that's a big part of it too. Right. Like, yeah, I have, that I, have is some, a big I have some pretty, yeah. Big regrets in my own, my own space. But keep, I ended up going, transferring most of it into stables, this uh, a token where I was earning 20% annually. And I was like, this is awesome. I'm getting out of the market. It ended up happening that that token, that stable coin, um, I, I hadn't studied the technology behind, I didn't understand how it worked. I was just like, Oh, it's a stable coin that works. And, um, it ended up depegging, which means it was supposed to be at a dollar. It ended up dropping down to like 70 cents or 80 cents. And everyone's like, it's going to repeg. It's going to repeg. And it went all the way up to 90 cents. And I remember sitting there, I was talking with another guy that had a bunch of money in it. And I remember sitting there and being like, okay, everyone's saying it's going to go back to a dollar. 
Maybe it does. Or I can just accept a 10% loss today and for sure have all my money. So I ended right. up taking it out 10% loss and ended up dropping from there to zero. Um, so best decision ever made. Um, <laughs> yeah, well done. Well at, done. at the same time that I had the other, the token that went with that was called the uh, Luna. And I, yeah. I had put 760 bucks in, it turned into 150,000. I had taken about 20,000 out in profit along the way. And I remember making a video talking about how I regretted taking that profit out. I was like, man, you know, I, I take a, 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 you know, a third out every time it triples in a, and I did it with this one, but I was like, man, was it with a stupid mistake? Cause I could have had X amount, blah, blah, blah. And that one ended up within 24 hours, my 150,000 went to zero. And so I was like, man, I'm so glad I took $20,000 out of that. Like, I'm so yeah. happy that I did that. And so there was like so many lessons I learned along the way that that has been a battle. And that was a wake up call for me. Of like, I have to understand how all this works. If I don't, I'm an idiot. I, I'm actually thinking I'm giving this my all, giving 150%, but I'm really giving it 10%. I'm not even understand, like studying, like I'm not studying macroeconomics. I'm not studying like how stable coins are built and the technology behind this. And so from that point on, I, I like dove headfirst into all that. And um, that's been basically my journey since then. And I ended up hanging on to most of that. So I didn't, I didn't lose. Most people I think lost all of it. I ended yeah. up, I'm still um, above a million. I, I've hung on to most of it. And Dude, um, so awesome. So awesome. Yeah. And so, and now I'm, I'm uh, doing my best to navigate into the next cycle. And just yeah. again, uh, my thesis is like, if I put it the same amount of work I put into this whole journey and what I'm focusing on right now, um, it's going to be hard for me to fail. Even if, yes. even if like, say over the next two years, crypto went to zero, the whole market went to zero. Um, if I'm paying as much attention to it as I am now, I should be able to navigate that and uh, make sure that I'm not impacted to where, you know, and that's an unrealistic thing for it all to go zero. But um, right. anyway, so that's been my journey now. So I'm a full-time investor in the crypto space. Um, I don't invest in real estate. I don't invest in stocks. I don't do anything else uh, because I want to know what I'm investing into better than anyone else on the planet. And this is a space that I now understand better than anyone else on the planet. And then I make, I make like educational content around the space like teaching yeah. people um, just some of the cool stuff happening. Uh, but I don't really make much money. I make like 800 bucks a month for my YouTube channel. Um, my money comes from investing. Like I make my income from investing. Yeah. That's how I make money. So a couple, first of all, th thank you for the, for, you know, one of the things I think that I, I have come to really appreciate about you and uh, those that know you and have followed your journey is your authenticity and vulnerability along the way. <clears throat> because you do, you give people that, that behind the, kind of like behind the curtain insight to like, here's, here it is. And um, so I appreciate that even in communicating that today, you did that same thing. But so a couple couple pieces here that I think will be really cool for people to get to hear more of your your perspective on. Uh, one is that along everything you just communicated, you shared the journey and you documented it really well via t primarily I feel like TikTok was the, 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 the biggest space. And then you did more of an expounded version of that on YouTube, probably before YouTube shorts kind of became a thing. And I'm sure that's on there as well. But yeah. like, so like right now, like you've got, you got over 300,000 followers on TikTok, um, right. To something to, to that somewhere in that ballpark. Yeah. Somewhere um, around there. And then around yeah. 200,000 on YouTube. Yeah. Which is heat, which is massive. Like, like the, I've been in the YouTube game you know, like just like little sprinkles since like 2010, like my first video uploaded is from 2010, probably like right after we hung out. Uh, and, and, and along the way, you know, have done some stuff, but over this last year have put a lot of time and energy into it. And I'm like, I'm just at like 600 and 
60, you know, subscribers. And I'm like, this is nuts. Like I, you know, I, this is, this took a lot of work to have over 200,000 is insane. Um, and then, and then you, uh, you had a pretty big, uh, Instagram as well. And then I remember some, some stupid Instagram thing happened and you couldn't get your account. That made me me mad for you. I was like, who do I need to call? Do you like, who do I need to freaking call? I get a bunch of fake impersonators that like impersonate me and try to like steal people's money. So they'll like, they'll use my profile picture. They'll change their name to something that looks like my name. And then they'll reach out to people pretending they're me and saying, Hey, I got this investment idea. Give me some money, dude. Right. People have lost some money. I know uh, a guy worked for the CIA. He lost five grand from a fake me. I know another person that lost 20 grand. I know another company that lost 30 grand because uh, they thought that I was going to do videos for them. So there's all these people um, that dude, get scammed that's... by these guys. It's insane. And they like, I've tried to get verified so many times. I'm like, I just want people to not get scammed. Put yeah. something in my profile that says this is a real me. That's all I want. And yeah. they won't do it. They don't, they don't care. Um, but <laughs> ended up, what happening is somebody thought me, the real me, was the fake me. They reported me as an impersonator. Instagram came and said, yep, you're not the real you. And I was like, I can prove it. I'll give you an ID. Like, they sent me a message. Like, yeah, I'll send over my ID, whatever you want. I'll take a picture with it. We'll get on a video call. What do you want? And they're like, uh, we've, uh, uh, you know, based on your response, we can tell you're fake. And it was like some automated thing. And they, they banned my account. Stupid. They had other ones up. There was like, they had one that was like the real Jesse Echo, blah, blah, blah. And it had like my fake or my profile picture. And then it had like an Indian guy with like giving a thumbs up. And I was like, come on guys. Like these people are obviously scams. It's like pictures of Lamborghinis and stuff. And, um, like, I don't do any of that kind of stuff, but yeah, it was frustrating. All the scam accounts got left up. The real account, the actual genuine me got deleted. I had like 40,000 followers. Instagram's yeah. a hard game. I was like, I'd pride myself. I'd gotten right. Well, and yeah, it is a hard game. And I'm thinking about all the like just the pictures and and, and moments that you yeah, you may you may or may not have had on like a backup reservoir, but like still anyway. I I, I think I think about that for me. I only have like two thousand followers, and like if all my stuff that I've documented, it'd be, I'd be I'd be mad. You I'm, handled it. You handled it well. After you know, you shared some of that journey too. But all that you've got, you've got a lot of 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 platform now of, of followership. And that doesn't include Twitter, which I know you're pretty active on, um, X yeah, pretty active on as well. Um, w- which is, I think a, a very interesting space to continue. It's been a sig- I mean, huge space. I'm sure you would uh, have more insight than I do on when it comes to the crypto world from being on Twitter. Like if you're not on Twitter and you have any desire to be, or are in the crypto space investment space, like, you're you you miss a lot in that space especially like from a timeliness standpoint you get a lot of information quick there and yeah. you know that it's, it seems like it's been pretty valuable <clears throat> so that's that's where so for people that don't know and aren't following you one you should because all of the journey you just communicated as well you documented in short form and long form video and it, there's it's so worth going back and just watching you know if anything go Go jump on TikTok and just scroll through, man. Some of that, you know, one to one hundred, one to a million journey and beyond. You, you do a freaking amazing job, you know, taking us on the journey with that. Yeah, on my YouTube too, I have two videos where I like do a full recap. So um, one's called "I Try to Make a Million Dollars in a Year," and the other one's "I uh, Made a Million Dollars in a Year and a Half." So like, yeah. watch either of those videos, and they do yeah. a really good job recapping the whole thing. And I, the full I, scope. Yeah, I do clips from all the TikToks and stuff. So. Yeah, cool. Okay, so yeah, that's, and I'll make sure. And obviously, I'll have all the descriptions for people to be able to find that quick. But you know, Jesse Eckel is the name. In case you know, to go search that, and you'll you'll be able to find it on both platforms. But so there's so there's that. So you you are 
um, you are continuing to, to kind of like share these, the, the journey, and then now really pivoted into along kind of identifying, man, what, what is, what do I, what do I love? Like what lights a fire under me? Like, what do I find myself good at? And then wanting to learn more about, you've really kind of honed in a focus on the crypto investment space is, is yes. where you've kind of landed now. Yes, I, I have. Uh, the more I went down the rabbit hole of like how the space works, the more, and a lot of people don't understand this if you're not like, I guess, watching the space, but the more I became like inspired by what was being built, because yeah. I think most people, they see like the headlines. So they're like, oh, some dude made a lot of money, bought a Lamborghini, or they're like, oh, some dude got scammed. And right. like, that's all they see about the space. They don't even know why crypto exists. Like, what is the point of this? They, they right. think it's some gambling, like Ponzi thing or whatever. But the like underlying tech, like what's being built is incredible. And I think it's not only a net positive for humanity, but like a massive upgrade for the way that we do uh, the way that we do finance, but also the way that we do coordination. So like crypto at its core is like essentially an upgrade to coordination technology. If you think about it, like the the US government was like the first if you think about for the US government, you had kings, right? You had a king, they're like the ruler, they what they say goes and that's it. Uh, but even go back further, you have like tribes, right? Like you have one tribe that maybe uh, coordinates together. They have a, they elect a ruler and that ruler right. allows them to coordinate together. The ruler is like the centralized figure that allows them to coordinate. Then you have another tribe that chooses not to coordinate together. They're like, hey, we're going to all be independent. Well, what always happens historically is that tribe that coordinates together as an elected centralized ruler, they end up going over to the other tribe that doesn't coordinate together and they end up like enslaving them or like doing all kinds of bad stuff, right? Like, um, they end up being the, the powerhouse, right? So right. When, when people figured out how to coordinate together through a centralized leader, it was like a massive upgrade to like the way that cultures worked. And those yeah. those villages became, you know, cities that became kingdoms and they kept growing and growing and growing. The only problem is that central figure, whether it's for a bank, whether it's for a kingdom, you know, whatever, they're really easily corrupted. And yeah. often it doesn't matter how long you go, that, that person becomes corrupted. And instead of serving the people, like doing what they're supposed to, serving those people, what ends up happening is they start taking power for themselves. Like it's, it's all about them. And they'll actually destroy the whole kingdom if it means bettering whatever they want, right? Like we've seen yeah. so many kingdoms fall because that central, that central cog gets so corrupted um, that it, it's not doing its job, right? Um, and then you had the US come along and they're like, hey, we got a way better idea. What if instead of having a central cog, we built a decentralized government, one right. where there was no central cog, uh, but we tried to build out these balance of powers so that we could get rid of all the bad things that come with that and only have the good things, right? So that the government is is not only uh, it, that it's by the people for the people. And so they, they built the US government and they're, you know, um, it was this amazing experiment and it was awesome. It actually was so successful that the US went from like a ragtag group to like the most powerful and successful country on the face of the planet. The problem was that over time, eventually that system became pretty corrupted and centralized as well. It worked right. for a, a good bit, but, but then it didn't. Um, and so crypto is that same kind of concept. Like we want to coordinate together, but how do we do it without a centralized figure, without a centralized corruptible person? And so um, they're, they're, the solution for them is what if we could replace that centralized cog with math, math that just did what it was supposed to was not a person and couldn't be corrupted. And what could we build using math uh, to coordinate together 
that couldn't ever have been built before. And so the first thing they tried to tackle is finance and the idea of like, okay, look at the government right now. They're printing endless amounts of money. What happens right. when the government prints money? People don't even understand this. When the government prints money, that's like a form of taxation on the average person. So like your money in your bank account, when they print it, money makes is worth less. That's what inflation right. is. It's it, right. you have less spending power. So if year over year, you make the same amount of money and the government's printing, you got inflation, you actually make less money. You got a pay decrease and you didn't even know it. That money right. in your bank account is like, what is it? Like since 2020 has gone down 20%, you've lost 20% of your value. Why do you think a hamburger used to be five cents and now it's like five bucks? Okay. Right. Your, your grandparents are complaining for a reason because it's actually pretty insane how fast money is being devalued. Problem is you have no alternative. The, gov right. the government, you have money that the government prints because the government's always been in charge of money because who else are you going to have? In, you're going to want, you want Jeff Bezos to charge your money? No, that'd right. be a bad dystopian you know, thing too. Um, right. And the best money on the planet right now is the U.S. dollar. So, you know, it's better in other places where it's, you know, 20 percent, uh, you know, a, a month where it's, it's inflating. OK. And so um, we really have never had an alternative until crypto came along, until you had this idea of like an open financial system. So what if there was a financial system, a form of money that no government could devalue, no government could control? And that's kind of the concept behind crypto as an open finance system is like a, a trustless neutral money that yeah. that doesn't like give any player too much power doesn't give the united states too much power you know the uk or dubai or china or whatever it's like nobody owns it but everyone owns it and instead of a central bank dictating policy for it and the fed and jerome powell you have math and code dictating the policy and it's all transparent and it's it's you know the governments can't abuse it and what would the world look like in in a with a system like that you know um if you look at when the the government started uh building up Find, uh, their own monies right throughout history that's when you see war get bigger and bigger because the the government now has the ability to to build bigger armies they have more money to finance those things and it becomes scarier and scarier so like in a, in a future where money the power of money is decoupled um from governments and given yeah. to people is a is a future where governments are far less powerful they're far less big and there's far um the the scale of war is far less big and if you think that's crazy that that's possible, just look through human history. Like more and more, it used to be like, again, a king, a monarch, and the peasants had zero power. And it's right. over time, people, the average person has gained more and more power as technology has enabled it and made government's role in that smaller and smaller. Um, and, you know, like the internet and the freedom of information. You used to have yeah. information given to you through centralized, you know, uh, media companies, and they could control all the narratives. Now, you know, when they lie about it, you, you learn about it right on X. You know what I mean? Right. Um, you have right. citizen journal journalists. You have a podcast like this. Um, you know, everyone is a media company. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, and crypto wants to do the same thing with money. And so yeah. um, just and people can use that. You want to use your government's money? You can do that. You want to use the money that, that doesn't inflate? You could do that. You want to use the money that deflates that actually gets more valuable over time? You could do that. Um, who knows what's going to be built? Because the truth is like money, the science of money has always been controlled by governments and they kind of suck at everything they do. If you look at the DMV, you look at, you know, anything the government creates it, it's not very good. So I always give the analogy of like, imagine the government back in the 1970s had said, Hey, uh, nobody else can develop phones. Nobody else can build phones. Only the government is allowed to innovate and build as yeah. far as like phones go. You'd imagine today phones would probably look 
about identical to they did back in 1970s. You have corded phones. There would be no such thing as an iPhone or a smartphone or the cameras in your pocket. That, that would be impossible because the government doesn't innovate on that scale. So if you imagine with finance, like the government has been in charge of innovating as far as money science, the science of money uh, for all of history, right? For, for not all of right, history, right. but for most of it, right? They could, they control that game. And so what, what kind of products and ideas are we going to get when money is built on the open market? Like, obviously you're going to get a lot of failures because, but that's how you learn. Like it is through failures and mistakes that something good is eventually built is, is on yes. the back of those failures. And so the open market is going to make a lot of experiments. They're going to have a lot of mistakes. They're going to have a lot of failures, but then they're going to have successes that you would have never before seen in maybe a government environment where they just want to keep things perfect and they don't have the I mean, I don't have yeah. the room to experiment like that. And so it is my belief that over time, um, we're going to see some really awesome things come out of the, uh, of what's being built. And we already are. Um, there's already people that are, you know, learning to store their wealth in crypto. They're learning to store their wealth in um, things that appreciate in value versus storing it in a bank account where it's constantly getting degraded. And so um, I, yeah, I'm, I'm very yeah. passionate about the space and I'm passionate about what's being built. And there's more to it than that. There's decentralized science. There's the deep end sector. Um, there's charity on chain, which is amazing. It's the ability to like transparently track every dollar that's spent and cut out a lot of the middlemen that take a cut of all these things, um, making it a lot more efficient to distribute this money all over the world. There's so many different elements to it. Again, if it's, it's a coordination right. technology. What can we replace with code that typically a person had would typically have to be right. in that position. And um, it gets me, it gets, it gets me really excited and um, I'm excited yeah. to see where it goes. Uh, I am future. too. And, and, you know, I, I haven't on, on this podcast, at least I haven't shared a, a ton of my journey in the crypto investment space. And, and I, I, I do plan on sharing more of that in the, in the days to come and in, in, in future things with this, but uh, for, for all intents and purposes of, of this conversation, like part of your journey that you've walked out over the last year, year and a half, two years, I've followed closely and has been a, a big impact in my, my journey when it comes to not only just the, the, the deep dive into like what could be, whether it's like, man, this goal, audacious, crazy goal, or in the crypto investment space or um, cre content creation, et cetera. But, but one of the things I know for sure um, that I, I definitely align with in what you're saying is that this has got more of a future than it doesn't. And I think part of what, you know, most of my audience will have like that very base level, if not, you know, no level of understanding of the crypto space that I know currently is listening or watching uh, as much as I'm in very much so in the research and understanding space and have been for the last, you know, year and a half as well, two years. But um, I, I would say it's definitely going to have a future and more than it's not. And I know there's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, negatives potentially that, that would maybe conflict to the positives that you just communicated that people have as hesitations, but it's like, I'm thinking about like, you know, the, the, the same um, like ability for the, the lack of regulation on something like that monetary system that could be used for not good things, you know, is on the other end of the spectrum of those that, you know, can be used for good. Now with all of that, there's obviously so much more to that in that whole space, I think, and I think you would agree there's a lot more positive that can be done than, than negative. And uh, there's, there's ways to mitigate some of those negative things. Um, but there's just a far outweighing potential of the positive in front of us when it comes to blockchain when it comes to cryptocurrency and uh, it. Yeah. It, it's just like the internet, the internet, if you think about it as a right. technology is there are so many horrible, horrible things right. on the internet, 
horrible things that are done and and the internet's used for elicit right. really bad things, right? Um, but the good for humanity of the internet's brought has outweighed that money, money itself, right? Um, right. You look at cash, cash. There's a lot of bad things, a lot of uh, you know, drug trafficking, you know, sure, all kinds of things, right? laundering money. But at the same time, like the privacy of cash has actually been really beneficial for humanity. And now that that's going away, people are starting to get afraid of that because they're like, well, I don't want the government to be able to monitor everything right. I do. And you know, you have China right now where they have digital cash that expires. So you can never save money. So if you have money, imagine if your money expired, if you didn't spend it by a certain date, you could never save up wealth. That's what's happening in China. You have social scores that dictate what you're able to do. And they track every way you spend. And you spend it in the wrong way, your social your social score goes down. That's a dystopian future we don't want to see. So yeah, there's illicit things about the way money's used, but the privacy preserving technology of having cash is actually a yeah. beneficial thing. So there's a lot of technologies that are like that. Yes, when you open, have an, when you have freedom, people can choose right. to do bad things, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't yeah. have freedom. It's really good. It's a really good way to put so. it. Um, so, okay. Kind of coming to the, to the wrap of the, of the convo, which by the way, I could, I could do this for a long time. I could do a three, I could do a three hour Joe Rogan <laughs> podcast with you without even breathing. Um, but, but coming to the end of this thing here today, um, kind of two questions to, to wrap up. One is going to be the question that I, I mentioned, you know, before we actually record, I ask every, every guest around that idea of the why of this podcast, you know, as I have conversations with people who have made an impact on my life is hearing little pieces and bits of even their journey of of getting freed up from the things that held them back so they build up who they were made to be. And I just want to, you've, you've really kind of painted a big picture of that already through the story, but if there would be something specific that you would share around uh, something that held you back in your life or is currently even, help, you're overcoming that has held you back, you know, what, what that would look like for people um, to be encouraged by. So that'll be how I end. But for those that are like, okay, I just got introduced like with a fire hose to crypto. Uh, by this conversation with Chase and Jesse. Um, what, I mean, if, could you give them just like a, so they don't, they don't get hurt or they don't get whatever, like wh where would even be a place for somebody to, yeah. to continue? I mean, I, beyond going to, I would say, go ahead. So if you want to, if, if you want to learn my YouTube channel, I orient it yeah. towards learning a lot and I'm pretty good at telling people to like, you know, I, I don't ever tell people go buy this thing. I'm, I'm always like, Hey, I actually tell people don't just copy me. You should always be doing your research. Crypto is insane. Yeah risky like people have lost their fortunes because they don't know what they're doing you want this is not like something you do lightly it's it's not like you think of it like going sword fighting with you know people that if you lose will kill you or something right. like you know what i mean like you, you should be a competent you should yes. be competent at it yeah if you're gonna go do that or like uh dirt biking uh through right. the jungle or something, you know what I mean? Like you should have a level of competency. If you're gonna go do that, you shouldn't just be like, oh, I'm gonna go to South America, jump on a dirt bike and spend a month dirt biking. Like you'll yeah. probably, that probably won't right. turn out very well for you. And so, um, you know, like, just like with anything you wanna give it, you wanna respect what you're doing yeah. when it comes to investing. And most people jump on, most people probably aren't even interested in crypto right now because right. the market's down. When you're probably gonna be interested in crypto is when the market's right. skyrocketing. And that's probably the time you shouldn't be investing in crypto because you're probably right. late at that point. And so maybe pay attention when people are not paying attention and start to get yeah. a little bit nervous uh, and start to be cautious and take you know some of your initial off the table when people are starting to pay, when everyone's talking about it, that's yeah. when you should be a little scared. But if you wanna learn more about it and you're just learning to learn, um, my yeah. channel is a great place. I talk a lot about concepts like this and 
uh, the different things that are being built. And yeah. it's, it's interesting. It's, and, it is really and interesting. I'll add to that for those listening to like you keep it, you do keep it interesting, like on a practical, like just communication standpoint, like you, you're easy to follow. Uh, I'm not like halfway into a video and going like, man, when is this over? It, you, you, you keep, you draw in really well. I mean, as a communicator, you're, you're an excellent communicator. And then when it comes to the, the, the video side of creation, you do a phenomenal job with that too. So just for people that are like, I don't know, this seems maybe like too much for me or maybe even boring, which it's not at all, but I could see how somebody that has no concept of it could think it is. You, you do a great job making it not boring and extremely like palatable for, for people that have no clue. So can, can, can encourage people to continue to, to do that journey of investigating more via your channel and, and following that space um, and, and, and continuing to see the journey that you unpack for yourself. I think people are really invested in just like, man, this guy's the real deal. He's been He's been doing it uh, for a long enough time now to not just be like a flash in the pan kind of guy. Uh, and uh, and you're like you've mentioned, you are obviously putting in the time and the the research and the understanding to be able to be proficiently competent in what you're talking about, which is it, it's going to be more and more needed in this space for people to to trust it the way I think it needs to get trusted for the future of it. So, um, so there's that to the question. Freed up to build up question, man. Will you give people just what one one nugget of your your freed up to build up journey that you would say to encourage people maybe uh, that you've experienced uh, along the way? So something that maybe I've been freed up from on this journey has been, I think, I think most people cap their potential and what they're capable of based off of maybe what your parents did. And for me, that was, that was hardcore me. So, uh, I grew up really, really, really poor. My, I lived in like the lowest income apartments in my city. Okay. It's like every, every neighbor was doing math or, you know, whatever. Um, it was $400 a month. My mom works at Rite Aid. That's all she could afford. Um, we were, we were not wealthy. Okay. My dad was the wealthiest guy that my mom would be like, he's so rich. And he, 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 cause he made like almost $3,000 a month. And that was like crazy wealthy. So my goal, my whole life was like, if I can make $40,000 a year, I am a rich guy. I am like, that is my potential. Okay. That is, that is what I'm capable of. And I, you know, it's not like I only sure. thought about money yeah. or anything. I'm just saying like, as far as, as far as my earning potential, like my potential as like a person, you know, like yeah. that, that's what I'm capable of. And, um, and I did, I, I got to 40,000. I was like, this is crazy. I'm, I'm so successful. This is wild. I've never made this. Like who, who would have thought little old me. And, um, and I had, had severely capped what I was capable of. And I started to realize along this journey that, uh, when I was desperate, uh, and just so many things were working, so many of these side hustles just worked. I was like, this is, this is, I mean, it's hard. I was given a lot of work, but I was doable. Like I was capable of this the whole time. I could have been doing this the whole time. And it, it just blew my mind. I was like, Wow. Like this is a lot, it's, it's actually not like yeah. that much harder to be rapidly successful. These people that are doing these things are yeah. not that smart. They aren't, they just actually think they could, they just believe that they're yeah. capable of these things. They, they, they try. Most people just don't even try for these things. They don't even like, they're like, oh, I can't do that. And so learning that I was, I was, I had more potential than I ever dreamed. Um, and, and that I was capable of more than, you know, maybe what my parents yeah. were capable of. And that it was so fun to see yeah. where this led, to see like yeah. who I would become. And it, it's actually like yeah. invigorating. Like I didn't realize I was like living in the, this dull life of like fall, staying within my 
yeah. drawing within the lines, staying within my bounds that society put pushed along. Oh, you're this kid from low income apartments. You know, your mom works at Rite Aid. Uh, your dad smokes weed all day. Your mom's an alcoholic. Oh, this is what you're going to mm. end up as an adult. This is all your cape. This is who you are. And realizing that so much of that was painted in for me yeah. and it wasn't true. I get yeah. to decide who I become and why the heck was I aiming so low? Why was I aiming for these small goals that take as much work yeah. as the big goals? If you want to make $10 million, it's not that much different than like making eight, you know, 60 grand a year, or whatever, 50 grand a year. It really isn't. People think it is, but it's, they're just two different paths. They both take a lot of work. So why do you aim for the low goal when you should be just aiming for that high goal if that's what you're after? And, and maybe it isn't money. Maybe you don't, maybe it, maybe it's just like you want to be the fittest version of yourself. You want to run like a thousand miles. Uh, maybe it's you want to be the best at your, whatever sport you do um, or, you know, whatever it is. Like, I think everyone should push, push themselves in some area of their life and say, I'm going to be maybe not the best in the world, but I'm going to be the best version of myself that's possible. I like, I think of it as like the legend Think about like how your life could turn out. You have yeah. like all these different paths. There's, you know, Chase that could end up being like a plumber. There's Chase that's, you know, pastor. And, you know, that, that's, that's it. you know, who you are. And then there's somewhere out there, there's like this legendary path that like you have to be brave enough and bold enough to go down. That is Chase the most, the most, the, the, the most potential you could possibly have, the legendary yeah. version of yourself that exists. And my fear is not not going down that path because that's who you that's when I say your potential is not your potential who you were meant to be did not did not like the Lord make you in a certain way saying here's here's the potential here's like here's where right. I've capped it right. okay and if he capped out if he set those bounds is that not meant where you're, you're is that right. not where you're supposed to go and I think everyone should go to that I think everyone should I see too many of my friends are miserable with stupid jobs they don't like. They're, you know, they are, uh, their marriage is just yeah. like sucking. They're not putting in the work. They're, they're watching TV all day, playing video games and they're, they're not healthy. You know, they're not doing good. And, I'm, and I think to myself, why, why do you not live up to yeah. who you could become? Um, I think it's most people don't yeah. think they have permission to do that. Yeah. I'm saying, go do it. You have permission. You have permission. You could go become this insane person that lives in the jungle and explores it. I, like, I don't know yeah. what your potential is. It's not going to be the same as mine. But it's out there and you should be searching for it because when you when you start down that path, it is so fun and you you start it clicks and you're like, man, yeah, this is me. Yeah. And it's awesome. And bro, that is so evident in your life right now. Like you we feel, I say we, as the people around you watching, whether they're in your home and your family or they're on social media and you don't even know they exist, we can tell you're having fun. And it's invigorating to you. And that's part of what I think is so contagious and inspiring about who you are as a person and you, the journey that you're sharing with people. And so, um, no, man, I'm, I'm, I'm fired up. And I, I'm, I'm really, I'm, I'm hoping and praying that as people listen, they, they, they feel pressed into that too. And, and I know they will be, but that, that is, that's awesome. And, and I'm so thankful for uh, you getting to share that with, with, with me today, but with people listening and, uh, we're gonna we're gonna keep following the Jesse Eccles story uh, and beyond. It's not just you; it's who you represent because uh, you, uh, you you got a lot God's got in front of you yet to still uh, see uh, accomplished and overcome. So, man, thank you. Uh, I hope we get to do this again soon. I really do because I uh, I know I got a lot of a lot of things I'd love to continue to connect on. But uh, really appreciate taking the time to be a part. Thanks for being a part of my life. Um, we didn't talk about this at all, but just as I wrap up. 
when when that missions trip to Fiji came in that time, um, it was like I didn't know you, but the way that you uh, allowed me into your life in that moment for those those months, and then that week and a half we were on that trip it felt like we could have been friends for a long time the way you were just like no dude we're in like we're friends and man we spent a lot of time really experiencing some pretty powerful things that week uh that i'll never forget the way you treated me and in the moments we got to have in that way uh, it made an impact and and it's obviously continuing with your life you know moving forward so thank you for uh for that continuing to be uh impacting my life and thanks for joining me today until next time see you later